0: address of the house. 200 on the corner of and uh, It's always such a treat to hear you, Ellen. Thank you so much for all the all the anecdotes you share and uh, extra information you provide. Um, our next speaker is uh, Joyce Decker-Wagner, and uh, she's actually
1: sharing some good uh, its it's your family history too, isn't it? So, so again, we're um, we're very very fortunate to be blessed with uh, uh, with so many people with such intimate knowledge of this information. So, thank a tin
0: cup apple blossom
1: family. And thank you, Ellen, for letting for going first because you've provided some background that will help on mine. So I appreciate that. Okay. I want to. Uh, Reintroduce myself a little differently than I had expected because Tony and, and Steve uh, gave great heart to to my field and, and they're very, both of them are very dear to me, uh, and so they're talking about names, and you'll notice I've got quite a handle there. And so my first name, well my middle name actually is Joyce. For 21 years I was Joyce Guest, fourth generation Missoulian, And so in that part, I am trying to do the history of all of Missoula, of which this is one piece chapter of the story. And our story, the book that I'm writing on the Missoula history, is called People of the Quilt, Missoula Stitched Through. And this Ostergan family will move to Missoula after they began their marriage and their life in the Darby area at the University Heights. So Joyce Guest is is working on on that part, and then as Decker, Joyce Decker, I was Decker for 21 years also, and I married in 1963 and moved from Missoula to the bitter, to the Mission Valley, and. Uh, lived in that area, so that was my home range for the time that I was there. I taught at Ronan Middle School, including teaching Montana history, and did a lot of um, working with the students to try to get them to do local history and interviewing the people locally, and so that was a big part of the love of what I was trying to do, capturing our story on the place that we loved. Uh, I became Joyce Wagner in 1988, and at that same time I ran, shortly ran for Lake County Superintendent of Schools and I was elected for four terms. And during that time we wrote the history of all of the Lake County schools in two large volumes. So local history is a love of mine and mostly it's a love of mine not because I like the stories of the people and gathering that sense of what the people contributed all people, men, women, unimportant, important, whichever because that is what the gift is that we want to pass on to our children and we have, Gary and I, my husband Gary and I, uh, we have twelve grandchildren uh, and. Many of them were raised right there in that Mission Valley. Gary and I now live across the Mission Mountains, 12 miles. I've only gone 12 miles in my life. And I live in, in Condon now in the beautiful Swan Valley on Piper Creek. But um, of, our, of our 12 children, uh, my son, Mark Decker, and my daughter, Kelly Decker, they stayed in that area. But Mark, um, he married a local girl who was Salish in Kootenay. And so we have Salish Kootenai blood with our grandchildren. And so we have united all of our all of our uh, people in our stories. And the other part was that as that teacher, I was teaching students that were of mixed blood on the reservation for all of those years that I taught school. So our stories of who we are and how we mix as individual cultures and how we mix together has become a very lifetime important thing for me. Uh, I could throw another name in there, and I didn't, because I never used legally handled it. But my cousin, whose name is Carolyn Ost, yeah, my cousin, who is Carolyn Ostergan, became my cousin in 1976 when my Dick. Ostergen, Richard Henry Ostergen, was uh, Missoula County Commissioner, and my mother was Deputy Assessor. And the two of them married each other. He came to her five grown children, with our children already in, in tow, and asked permission to marry my mother. We gave it to him. He was a wonderful man. And two years later, he called each of us and asked to adopt us. So my name also legally became Joyce Guest (laughs) Ostergritt. So Carolyn and I became cousins at that point. And unfortunately, Carolyn is not able to be here today. She's not well and hasn't been well for years, but she would have very much loved to. So the pictures... Whoops. Many of the pictures that we uh, have in this show are ones that have been given from her father, Herb Ostergan, and my adopted father, Dick Ostergan, and passed them down to us to share. And it was, so the story that I'm doing here and presenting here is the family that I got. In 1976, most of them were gone. And so this project and the book that I'm writing on the people of the quilt has given me an opportunity to get to know my family and know what their background is and what their home ranges were here in this Darby and in this Bitterroot Valley. Reuben G. Ostrigan, who would be my great, my grandfather, 27, resided at Como. And I guess there was at one time a place called Como, because that's the way it's listed on the marriage license. He married Adeline M. Nickel, who was 20, who resided at Darby, in Darby, Montana, December 7th, 1909. And Reuben was living at Como, and he became the foreman at the University Heights uh, orchards up there. So there's Adeline and Reuben in their years. Okay, and here's another one of these, and the painting that I used as a background, Adeline, uh, she, I'm sorry, she drew that painting of apple blossoms, and it hangs in our bedroom. Uh, she drew it in 1908, the year before they got married, or painted it, and then uh, it's added on there. If you'll, I don't, you can't see this, but it shows right here. It says Adeline Nickel, and then in different ink, it says Ostrgren. So she added her her name there. So names are important to us, and it's important to the people that we we love, and the places that we roamed are very important to us as well. Here's the area, and this is from one of the pictures that was passed down from one of of, uh, Adeline's, um, family. She, they took that picture. L. Nickel took the picture, and it was taken east of Darby on our dry land. Says on the back of the picture. And there's Reuben and Adeline about the time, just shortly before they got married. But this, this uh, here shows Reuben's old place, and I assume that's at Como. And here's his new place because he bought property later. And then uh, you've got tin cup emptying into the bitteret. Mountain here. And I've got to ask Tony what the derivation of the name Tin Cup means. Because I don't know why where that story and why that mountain was called Tin Cup and Tin Cup Lake, etc. Now here's the map that I got from the courthouse that shows the Tin Cup area, but here's the Lake Como where the ditch was built. Uh, from there, and then it was also, they had ditches that came from Tin Cup Lake down to the University Heights area, uh, right, in, right in here. And you, here's Darby, and here's the Tin Cup, the University Heights area that they had. And I can't find right where Reuben bought other property, but I think his other property was right down in this area. So well, that's the area. Tin Cup flowed out of Tin Cup Lake, high in the Bitteret Mountains, pouring water into the irrigation ditches of the Macintosh Morello Orchards. The incorporation controlled the water rights to both Tin Cup Lake and Wamanillo Lakes. Thought that was interesting, that they would have controlled this big, you know, the company was trying to uh, get the development in this whole area, and they, uh, they controlled those water rights. Here's the university clubhouse that's called at the Heights. And of course it isn't there anymore, but these are from family pictures that we have. And uh, in May 1973, Glenn Wright was, of Darby was told the Missoulian person, Joe Schlomer, did you know her, Dale? Mm-hmm. Okay, he told her that uh, the company tended the orchards, and in the summer the investors would come out here for a rustic western vacation see what was growing and count their money but nobody made a living not much profit accrued from the largest macintosh apple orchard in the world the person who was tending those orchards was my dad or my grandfather Reuben Ostrogan. Okay here's this picture is of uh, Adeline's mother standing in front of the of the uh, clubhouse at the university heights and her full name was amanda caroline hademan nickel Rodebeck, and she adds downing to it later and i'll be showing telling you a little bit more about that as well Uh, at this point in time she was living with ruben and and adeline sometimes called delia at their home at the university heights now there's uh, caroline uh, with with uh, I think Adeline at that point it could be her, her son Albert as well, but I'm not sure. Now her hu- first husband Albert Nickel, he comes from a long range of German families, and you'll be able to remember his name real well because back way back when his their tribe of German people in, in uh, Germany near Heilbronn, Germany and Wurtemberg area, they discovered copper, nickel, ore. And later a a chemist from Sweden, he figured out the process of how to take the copper out of the nickel and he named it after the nickel family because they were such a tough Germanic tribe of peoples. So the nickel is from that early mining days. And indeed Albert and Caroline, um, Albert, his family this man here, his family, uh, he came from Germany, he came from Germany with his mother after the death of his of his father. Uh, the, his older brother had come to America earlier about the time that electricity was discovered, and Adolf Ostergen, I'm, I'm sorry, Adolf Nickel, he was the person who laid out the electricity for New York City. So that's pretty interesting. And when his dad died back there in Germany, he... Ha- convinced his mother that she should bring the rest of the family to America. So she did. So Albert and four of his brothers uh, when they got here, they decided that they were going to go west, young man, go west, because they had friends in California. And when they got to Corinne, Utah, they decided to come up to Darby instead. Or, I'm sorry, up to Butte instead. So they became a family of miners and butchers they had meatpacking families in Butte for a long time. Uh, and that's where uh, Adeline was born. She was born in 1889 in Butte. And Albert was born in 1893, Albert Junior. Uh, and three and four years later, Albert Nickel died. Uh, and so two more years later, Carolyn married Rodebank at WH Rotobank, Harry Rotobank, and moved to Darby. So they came to Darby at 1900, about the time you said that so many of the other families were coming into the area. And uh, yesterday, Gary and I were at the Darby Museum, and we found all the attendance records for Adeline at the Darby Museum, the the records there. I think this picture in this school is probably Butte, Because she was 11 when they came here, and he had already gone to the first grade in Butte. And that looks like that's probably about that point in time, because they attended Darby Elementary School their their whole school years. And then both of them graduated from Darby High School. So they they were there at that point. Uh, I'm going to move it from there. Now Albert, he went on, uh, this is Adeline's brother, he would be my uncle, I guess, if I was thinking of that. But Carolyn calls him Uncle Albert all the time. But he, in the 1930s, uh, he bought the F.L. Burns building on Main Street of Hamilton and had it for about 30-some years. And so this was a wonderful picture. I took the picture of the Burns Building a week ago, a couple weeks ago, and then Carolyn sent me the pictures of Albert Nichols' car down here. This was the truck that he had. It says, AP Nickel Plumbing, Heating, and Appliances on the, on the truck. I just loved that picture. And there's Nichols and, and his wife. In 1910, um, Ruben's sister, we're going to go to his side of the family, uh, her name, they called her sis, Frances Ostergan Benson, she came out to visit. And it was really interesting in the letter that she wrote to Carolyn's mother, to Joyce Ostergen, she said, in 1910, when I was about 19 and working for the NP in Missoula during the Wallace, Idaho fire, the engineers were all called to Wallace and I was allowed a 10 day pass to Darby. I was much of a tomboy. Carl and Ruben called me mud in the face. We rode horses. It was such fun. And she said, I have so many memories of Delia's kindnesses to me when I visited with Reuben and her in 1910, 1916, <laughs> 1919, and 1928. I would just love to put my arms around her again. This uh, Carl and his wife uh, were. Inge- Carl and his wife's father were both railroad engineers out of Missoula. So we have another long story about them. And they got married in 1908 when the Missoula floods were there. So that's a different chapter in the book that we'll be sharing. And here's a lovely, delightful picture of, of Reuben. Uh, there's Reuben. And there's Adeline or Delia. And here's Dick, my, my dad. And here's Herb, Carolyn's dad there. And this man back here is thought to be Harry Rodebank. That would have been her stepfather. So he's in that picture. And this is all up at Tin Cup area at the University Heights area where he was working. Now this may be one of the few pictures that we have inside of one of the cabins that Frank Lloyd Wright developed because that's where he said he was born was in one of those cabins. And that's he and his mother. Dick was born in 1916, 6 16, 16 he used to always tell me. And there, there's Herb at about the age. And I love this for this topic because look what he's carrying. He's got the apple right there that he's holding in this. Uh, and then here's Dick and here's Herb growing up there. Uh, so they were both born and raised uh, at the Heights, while well, Reuben tended the orchards. And on uh, Dick's birth certificate, it says that he grew fruit as the foreman. So that was kind of fun. And here's my apple blossom, my tin cup Ostergen family, uh, Adelia, Herbert, Dick, and Reuben. And as you can see, they're all gone. I have none of them left. I've, I knew both uh, Herbert and, and and of course Dick, but I never had the chance to meet what would have been my grandmother Adelia, uh, nor my grandfather Reuben. So I'm meeting him now with you. There's some delightful pictures of our family, again up there at the heights. And here's one in front of the clubhouse. And I've tried to put this on here, here's Herb. I am part of the guest family. I am not part of the Ostrogan family by blood, so I'm short like this. Carolyn is about this tall, and my and Dick was about this tall, and Herb was way up there. So they always called Dick Shorty, and he was good good, several inches over six foot tall. So there's Herb, there's Dick, there's Adeline, right here, in that picture in front of the plank lugged whites. Wrights Clubhouse. Rubens family goes back a long ways too, but they didn't come to the United States until the turn of the century in the 1890s. Uh, they, Gustav was born in Sweden and he married, uh, he came over here and married over here. Uh, and he married a woman named Caroline, they called her Carrie Nelson. It was her maiden name was Carrie Nelson, and then he had the first four children. Here's Carl, who became the engineer in Missoula, and here's Reuben, who would be my grandfather, and then the, these these first four children were the children he had by his first wife Caroline. Okay. the rest of this is Caroline. Also, her name was Caroline Johnson. And he married her after his first wife died and they had uh, five more children. They were living in St. Paul. However, they came out for Carl's wedding in 1908 and wrote wonderful letters that tell about the flood in Missoula. They had to change some of their route because of it. I just found out, in looking in the records, that Ruben's family, when they came out uh, here to visit, this is also here at Darby, outside of Darby. I can't find the exact spot for this, so if you see this and around the area and know where it is, well, please let me know. It's on it's on uh, sections 33 and 34. It's in the plat book 421, uh, but I don't know which. Township and Range, for sure that that is, so I've gotta go back to the plat room and find that out. Uh, but they came out, in here, when I looked at the records, not only did Reuben own half of 240 acres, but Gustav owned a quarter of it, and full sisters Mabel and Esther each owned one-eighth. Neither of them, except for Reuben, lived here at the Heights, so I'm sure Reuben managed all of the land for all of them. Here's the University Heights pictures of some of this area, and that was the scene that they could get up and see every day, and that Ruben worked those orchards as the foreman for that area. Uh, Down below is the picture of the Bitterroot Inn, same picture that you had in your your slide, uh, also designed by Wright, Uh, but this 2,700 Lake Como orchard was at one point, or the orchards in this area were the largest orchards in the whole Pacific Northwest. Now, this picture is in the book, um, the, the family that Dick passed down to me. And it's in a book that was put out in 1924. And the name of the book is Your Opportunity in Montana, McIntosh Morello Orchards, Inc., Darby, Montana. And it says, Go West, Young Man. And so it's the whole promotional book about the area that they were sending back east to try to get people to come out to the Uh, to this area. Um, And so these pictures, there's lots of pictures of the area. I'm gonna pass that around if you'd like to look at it. I guess this is pretty rare. There aren't many of these left in production. Uh, The Hamilton Museum does have one of these and I believe the Historical Society has one as well. There aren't too many of them left. So um, in 1923 the Como Orchard changed to the management of the McIntosh Morello Orchards. And at that point, they changed management as well. Uh, I'm sorry. And AP Nickel, who would be Uncle Albert, he uh, became the general foreman. He was Delia's brother. And at that time, Ruben was elected as Valley County Commissioner. And he served as Ravalli County Commissioner from 1923 to 1929. The interesting thing is that he will become Missoula's commissioner later on and here's Reuben in front of one of the Frank Lloyd Wright cabins and bungalows and yesterday Gary and I got to walk on that land and take my picture right in the same spot that he's sitting in front of the cabin that is still remaining there. And over here is Dick and Herb with a friend of theirs named James Black. Um, it is. It was just a treat to be able to walk in that place where they stood. Herb uh, graduated in 1929 from Darby High School, and here's his class of, I believe, 15, with A.B. Cole as the principal and Mildred Story as the advisor. Here's another picture, and this picture is, by the time here, Dick is about 16. This is about 1932, and that is uh, Dick right here. Here's Ruben. Don't know this lady. Here's Adelia, and Dick's mother. And here's his brother Herb. Look how tall he is there already. Don't know this lady. And this lady is Janet Anderson. She was, and her husband is Carl Ostergren, the engineering family from Missoula. Look at the height on those gentlemen. All of them of, of height and prestige. But this was kind of indicative of what was going on at that point because you'll notice that there's dad and son, here's mother and son, and the marriage was in trouble at this point as the, the orchards were in trouble as well. They were hitting hard times. Um, the marriage failed by 1936 and feelings were very hard during those years and Herb, while respecting his father a great deal, he pretty much aligned with his mother. And Dick was taken into partnership with his father. Uh, and so it took years to heal. Uh, the orchards, and I didn't see this and or hear this in any of the talks before, but the information that we had about the orchards is that they failed due to the depression and an apple blight I hadn't seen that in any of the other records other than the one book that I had. The blight was brought in, to, in by apple boxes made of diseased apple trees. So that was that was interesting for me to to hear that that had happened. And here's Dick and his graduation in 1935. And there's his graduating class. And he was a member of the Derby football team. Dick. There were 22 in his class by that point in time. His mother's gone. She's not at the home at this point. So about that time, the family did not stay in the Derby and in the Ravalli County area. Dick went on to buy a historic farm uh, near Grant Creek off Reserve Street uh, now, and he remarried. He remarried. Uh, Margaret Devore, who she she and her husband worked for Reuben uh, uh, at the University Heights. They worked for them up there, uh, and then uh, Reuben married her in 1940. And there's the ranch that they bought in the 1940s outside of Missoula. Not much left. The barn went down the other a uh, few years back, and the house burnt down uh, two years ago. House burnt down two years ago. We've been working with the Missoula Historical Society groups to try to get the history of, finish the history of that. Ruben was Missoula County Commissioner 1953 to 1959. Adelia, she went on, uh, moved to Oregon and began a jewelry shop in Lebanon or Corvallis area. And in 1940, she married Ted Vogel, I think who had lived in this area beginning too. And so here's Adelia and Ted Vogel with Herbs. This is Herb in his family. Here's my cousin Carolyn. She's the only surviving member of that family. And then here's her mother Joyce. Uh, and and uh, there's in there's brother Gary. Gary's the same age I am, and Joyce is the same age as my brother, and then here's here's Adelia. Grocery store. Now Adelia's mother, she married Albert Downing, who had come to the Bitterroot in April of 1882 and was followed by his brother George S. Downing. They took up homesteads. And in fact, the Downing Mountain has been officially commemorated and named after those two gentlemen. And I just saw in the last session that we had that Downing, Albert Downing's son, Samuel, who stayed on the homestead, that he donated, I mean, he produced, was it 26,000 eggs for the Rocky Mountain Labs for their work that they were doing there? I thought that was real interesting. And here is Carolyn, in 1967, named after her, her grandmother, Carolyn, uh, I'm sorry, she's named after her great-grandmother, Carol, uh, Amanda Caroline Nickel. Rotabank Downing. And so this is indeed their home uh, in Hamilton. It's on, and it went to see this. It's in the, uh, Downing had bought, and look at the date that he bought that. He bought those in 1894. He bought the Southside Edition. It's uh, off of Second Street. 610 South 2nd Street West. The house is still there. I took pictures of it last week, but she was visiting, and this is the inside of, of that home, uh, her family. So Albert and Amanda Downing at home in Ravalli County, uh, and also they stayed there until their deaths, both of them. And uh, Albert and Lelia uh, Nickel also stayed here in the area for some time. Herb's family. Here's Herb's family, and this is one of the quilt blocks here. This is one of the quilt blocks that we're using for our book, because this is one of the pieces from the chapter of Missoula, uh, people of the quilt Missoula stitched through. Carolyn had made this block commemorating her parents, and it tells the stats about about them, Herb went on. He he went off to college for a while. Uh, his dad had given him some money, and then when the money ran out, he dropped out and came back and worked for his dad at the ranch for a while or at the farm for a while, and then uh, he married uh, Joyce. And while they were, he was married to Joyce. They honeymooned visiting his mother in Oregon. And then in 1951, uh, Herb was the, this picture here, this is the Marsh Powell Funeral House in Missoula. And he was the mortician there. And Carolyn was born upstairs in the apartments of that, of that building in Missoula. So the family's kind of the, the Missoula connection is there for, for me as well. And here's my family. And in 1976, as I told you, bachelor Dick Ostergen, uh as commissioner uh, married my mother, Margaret Guest Rogers, now and then Ostergan. They had 21 beautiful years together. Uh, that man treated my mother like she should have always been treated and became very dear to all of this family. But look at that. There's a 60-year-old man who took on all of us. That was a big underdoing, you know, a big undertaking, and he was delighted about it. Uh, here's Dick with my daughter Kelly, and Gary and I were there at the, in 1990 because he was a golden oldie at MSU where he graduated in agriculture, and when he finished and graduated, he went to work for his dad at the, at the farm outside of Missoula. But Kelly graduated as a CPA and, and Dick was gra- graduating as a golden oldie. And here's the, our parents right here in their home on Flynn Lane. Um, Dick was county commissioner from 1970 to 1976. And here's all of us. Dick was 80 years old. We were celebrating his birthday and I had my drafts of my book ready at that point. Uh, and here's all of the family that he's responsible for. Uh, both Carolyn's family, the Herbs, all of Herbs' children and, and descendants were there, many of them not here anymore, but that's that's all of us in, in 1996 at the village where Dick was. Uh, and it was their 20th wedding anniversary. So here's the two that we honored for this story, and, and all of their family are the result of that. And Carolyn. On the back of this picture, she prepared this picture for my mother and gave it to her as a gift after Dick had died. And she put on the back of this, there was much happiness and love in this room. Love, Carolyn. Carolyn, on our quilt to mom, on the square that she made up for mom, she put on their part and she said, uh, Carolyn stitched, Margaret, thank you for bringing love and healing to our family because these two brothers and their families became reunited again through the marriage of family. And that's what the story of love can, can do. So this is my family. I'm most honored to be able to be here to present them. And that's my Tin Cup Austrian family. Thank you. I think we must be having time for questions and answers. Yes. Ellen, why don't you come up here, too? Totally
0: confused by the University Heights. Yes. Where is it and what was it?
1: It was, and I had the pleasure of getting to see the talk on that this morning. Uh, Kate Hampton did a talk this morning on that. It's, what's it called? Bunkhouse Lane, south of Darby. You you go up that to the Benchlands, and there's a farm now there called Alpine something that's a private property that's set up on the bench land and people, investors from University of Chicago came out here with this land development ideas and Frank Lloyd Wright designed the clubhouse and twelve of the bungalows hoping that this was going to bring easterners over here to develop land and to raise Apple orchards there at the heights, and Reuben was—he uh, came out for his dad's, his brother's wedding in 1908 in Missoula, and he was there a recent graduate from the University of Minnesota in Agriculture and he came out and immediately went to work for them. So he worked there as the foreman for a long long time. But They had hundreds of acres of apple orchards that that they did and they tried to sell them off I believe in 10 acre pieces with bungalows so the people would come in the summer and live in those bungalows plus others would come and they've had seminaries in that clubhouse lodge and so it's just a part of the history of that area that not many people knew about. And I was not aware that the pictures that I have of that, that they weren't already in a lot yeah, of the museums. Are, and yeah, they're not, so the pictures. they yeah. will be now, and yeah, they will good. be shortly. Yeah, so that's what the University Heights was, and that's what they called it. But by 1923, they called it Macintosh Morello, and uh, Apple Orchard Incorporated. And at that point, DuPont owned it. So it was still eastern money, land developing here after the big ditch and, and the tin cup ditch went through. Uh, so that's what, so Ruben was actually working for big land developers, I guess, but he was working for his own families and the people of the area as well.
0: So the bench is the west side of the highway?
1: It's on the, yes, yes, it goes. It's just as you're coming, almost just as you're coming into Derby. We just were out there. And then I think he had his other property a little further to the south of that.
0: It's not the place that has the big copper feather, feathers on the gates.
1: No. I didn't see any copper feathers there. Okay. It's Alpine. There a, uh, Alpine Prairie Ranch, I think is the name place. of it. Yeah, it's, it is, that's who it is now. Prairie and, yeah, oh. and you can rent those cabins. You can go online and you can stay in those two cabins. That we walked in yesterday as one of the members of the tour group, so it was it was special to be there as that tour group. There's only the two buildings left that were designed by Frank Lloyd Wright. There was a cider building that was there as well that's still sitting on that property. But where we parked our cars was where that beautiful big clubhouse was. It was also one of uh, one of his earlier. Uh, design some of his earlier designs and he became quite famous there, thereafter. He was already becoming prestigious at University of Chicago but uh, they sent him out to design those. He designed them and he came out here but I don't believe he ever really lived out here very long. Other questions?
0: Are the trees all gone?
1: No, there are a lot of orchards and, and the big trees around the houses. Um, we had to take pictures standing in front of those cabins and in front of those big trees. The trees are well, about big around. Some of them were. Um, yeah, it was, it was pretty special to be standing in front of that clubhouse and in front of those cabins yesterday, knowing that that's where Dad had been born. Dick had been born.
0: Well Well as I said in the beginning there um, my job one of my jobs at the Montana Historical Society's National Register Sign Program and this property was listed on the National Register and the couple who owns a house applied for a sign And as I was developing the text for them they said, oh by the way you know, people who live out in California, the Wamsley family sent us this reminiscence of our uh, family member, wouldn't you like to have a copy? You know, so that's how I got it. I mean it has a lot of really interesting anecdotes and experiences and adventures that the family had that you know I had no time to really share with that but one of the fun things was that when they were traveling they brought all their food with them including some grape juice that Alma had had bottled and they saved it for the very last you know for some kind of a celebration and they were in this rented room in a boarding house and they decided to open this last bottle of grape juice and it went all over the room all over the bed all over the carpet all over everything purple grape juice and they thought, you know, we're going to have to pay to have this room completely, you know, renovated. And the maid came in, and she said, oh, don't worry about it. We, you know, we cater to miners and lumbermen, and they're really careless, and we're used to this.
1: When we were there uh, yesterday at the University Heights cabins, the man who was heading the tour, Larry. right br- No, um, he just wrote the book on the... Oh. Coming on the tour yesterday. Anyway, uh, he, he has written one of the books that's out there on, on the University Heights. You can buy it at their bookstore. Uh, he said to us, he says, is there any chance that we can get some of these pictures? And the caretaker of the current ranch was there. And he says, wouldn't it be something if we could take those pictures of them living and being there with their fish outside of the cabins and such and put them on the walls? So yes. Dick was an extremely generous person, and a lot of their mom and Dick's belongings are already at the Missoula Museum, and I know that he will be most happy to have his pictures and his things here at Darby and contributed. We've already given some to the Hamilton uh, pictures, but we will be putting these at the, at the Montana Historical Society as well, but I think I'm going to wait to give them their pictures till my book is done. So yeah, I can put them in wait. there first. <laughs> yeah. but but yeah, but they those pictures need to be archived at the place on the home range of the people that walked the land. So we would, I know he will be most honored and tickled to have those pictures okay. on his cabin. walls. that's great. Yeah, thank you. Anybody else?
0: If anybody needs their continuing education sheets, initial, let me know.